Amused Boosh is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. This is a community pig, y'all. Welcome, everyone. My name is Abby. And my name is Jen. And this is Amused Amused Boosh. Boosh. (laughs) We're a little slower today. Um, Jen is at home this episode. She is not feeling too great. So uh, we have a wonderful guest and we wanted to make sure not to infect her with anything. No, better safe than sorry these days, right? Absolutely. Even if it's nothing, COVID said it's negative. So, uh, but you know. Any sickness is no good. To no, people, no good. So. I can't be sick because I am basically a hummingbird heart inside of a human body, and it would kill me. So <laughs> I have no tolerance left after two years of never being sick. So yeah. I'm so grateful that you decided to stay home, be safe. Yes, you're welcome. With us today is Krista Choka from Artisan's Palette. Um, hey, we are Krista. so excited Hi. to have you here um, as our guest for tonight's episode. Um, we have been to Artisan's Palette. We're huge fans of it. Um, oh, yes. I got to go for my very first time with Jen, who was like, you're going to love this place. <laughs> and sure enough, I mean, it just blew our minds. We just want to like talk to you a little bit about, about the place and you know how you got to Charlotte and, okay. and all that good stuff. All right. I was, I was stoked when Artisan's Palette popped up because I actually lived on Heron, like right down the street from you guys. I lived in that house for like four years and I think it was, I think you guys opened maybe shortly before I moved, but as soon as you guys popped up, I was like, oh yes, this growth in this neighborhood is finally trickling towards Plaza Shamrock. Right when you left. Yeah, I like to think that we are the gateway between Noda and Plaza Midwood. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm in Plaza Midwood, so it's a perfect location Because we are literally on the cusp. Yeah. So... Awesome. Come on down, all y'all. Yeah, well, let, I was let, behind. Uh, I was behind the giant penny. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome. I see that every day. It's catty corner. So yeah, I've never yep, been yep. to the giant penny, but I do love seeing it when yep. I drive by. I'm just like, that is a giant penny. Supposedly, they it have really it. great meat. Ooh. Yes, I, I was going to say that. If you're it's doing a weird. cookout, I've that's heard the place about it. to go. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, I, sure. I wish I had known that before Sunday's Super Bowl party because <laughs> I would have clearly gone there instead of just like whatever I got from Harris Teeter. Yeah. Garbage. Slim pickings. Yep. It was, yeah. It's expensive. <laughs> yeah. I will and say expensive. the giant penny, like if you're cooking for a lot of people, it yep. is like decent quality and cheap, yep. which is like solid That's all you need. Style. That is the way to go, yep. right? That's how you serve a family or a, a community of friends or super bowl fans. or a bunch or of, yeah. bunch of like, stragglers <laughs> exactly well krista i would love to talk to you a little bit about you're not from charlotte no. correct where are you from um well i'm actually a military brat so when people ask me where i'm from from it's a much more complicated answer but um i was born in georgia um my father was uh um was in the army and was a graduate of west point and he um, actually became a permanent professor at West Point. So most of my adult life was spent in New York at, on the military base, which is also the military academy. Um, so I would say I'm a New Yorker by heart. My mother's from Brooklyn. Um, my father's actually from Budapest. Oh, wow. So he did the ultimate American Ooh. dream where he came as a refugee and went all the way and went into military academy and became a colonel in the army and a PhD. Um, very smart uh, man created this great uh, leader development program on West Point, but um, so for me, I would say New York. Um, All right. And then right before moving to uh, to Charlotte, I lived in New York City, and I went. That's where I went to culinary school. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so what brought you to culinary school? 
Um, well, so having that background of growing up on in um, on the military on West Point, um, I pretty much lived my whole life entertaining people because my mother would we would host cadets and generals and senators even sometimes and and officers and just all these different people at our home or for me I would I worked at the West Point Officers Club so I was I was in fact back in the day when I was 16 years old I remember serving uh the original George Bush when he was vice president to Reagan, um, with white gloves. So I've been doing this such a long time. And, um, but mostly from what my mother taught me, she, um, was the, like the, um, quintessential hostess and taught me how to treat people and what to make, you know, what, how to make people happy through food and, and honestly through, I guess service, but I, I see it as more than that. Yeah, hospitality. Yeah. Um, and so that's where my background came. And then, um, so I've been doing it my whole life. And when I was in New York city, I had a job in HR and, um, but I was doing weekend um, catering and like at night and like going up up on the subway with a suitcase uh, to cater a friend's, you know, um, 10 person dinner party. And I would take it on the subway and I was doing all these things and and knowing that that's what I loved. I love cooking and, you know, and hosting and um and I realized, um, you know, this is what I want to do, but I really couldn't do it. And then 9-11 happened. Right. Um, oh, and I was working and we watched the towers fall from our office window and we were, Ugh. you know, had to be escorted out and walk in the streets with the quietness yeah. and the weirdness and weird dust behind us. And um, I was like, life is short. <laughs> and so that, that huh. the summer after I enrolled in culinary school, um, but I still worked full time. And I worked a job on the weekends as a, as a chef, and I did staging, which th- nobody understands it anymore these days. I don't days. know what that word means. Um, well, it doesn't mean um, free work for French restaurants anymore, oh. um, but it, that's what it meant back in the day. Oh. Um, I actually have interns where I have to pay them, and we were like, what happened to that? So we would work, like, you had to work 30 hours at least a week. Um, oh I'm sorry, a semester. Okay. Um, but usually you, I went would, from like full yeah, time. Sorry, to <laughs> like that, not, not a week, a semester. Um, and but, but it was a, usually a lot more than that. I mean, I was probably working five to ten hours a week, um, and it was free. And we just sat there and chopped up, uh, you know, onions and carrots all day, and that's what you did. Oh, wow. um, so I would do this, you know. So that was um, a very, very tired time of my life because I had a full time job, office job went to school at night, had to do staging. And we also also had to get in partying at Toad Hall in uh, Soho. So, I mean, you know, I did all the things. Um, but that was when, you know, I realized that this is what I want to do for a living. And then I didn't do that for 15 years, but that's another story. Wow. <laughs> so you didn't go <laughs> straight into it? At least you had the it? epiphany. Yeah. No. So I went to culinary school and I worked in New York and then I moved to Chicago um, with a classmate. As it turns out, she turned out to be unstable, yeah. and but she was the one that had the money because of her family and we were going to open up this place called Three Plate. Long and short of it is I moved to Chicago, got a job at multiple restaurants in Chicago and realized... Um, quickly on that this wasn't going to happen with her. And then uh, was my brother actually happened to live there at the time, and his job was moving him, and it was either take over the really expensive lease that I could not afford or move to Charlotte. And that's actually what brought me to Charlotte. Oh, wow. So that Come was in 2000. Down, rent. Hmm? Yeah, exactly. Well, back then, geez, not yeah. anymore, Much apparently. Things are yeah. changing. 
Yeah. Um, but so I moved here. My mother had, cause my parents lived here. So when my dad retired from the military, um, they, li- they, um, lived in London for a few years and he was like an executive, um, you know, coach and like, this guy has lived a lot. Yeah, he really oh has. Gosh. And he, um, but he had been the executive coach for the CEO of Bank of America back in the early nineties. And so in the late nineties, that's when they, he's like, I want to go to Charlotte. It's warmer there. And I, you know, whatever. Yeah. So they moved here. Um, and so at the time my mother was like, well, you know, don't stay in Chicago cause you're not happy. And I was working for some interesting chefs. And, um, and so I decided what the heck and I moved here. Yeah. Um, didn't have a job yet, but decided to just change my life and not be in a city where I felt like, um, women weren't being appreciated, certainly not in the culinary industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that wasn't just in Chicago. That was pretty much all over. Um, yeah. There were a few, you know, groundbreakers back in the day, but really it was it's, it was still such a tough world for women. Um, and I knew that when I left that job, I worked at this restaurant called True um, for one of those, you know, um, like places where you're eating like tiny little dots of food on the plate. And I thought this isn't even the food I want to prepare. I don't even know. Like, why are we taking asparagus, deconstructing it and putting it back on the plate Mm -hmm. to look like asparagus? Right. Why not just serve (laughs) the asparagus? So I knew that this wasn't for me and my creative outlet for that. I thought food was, was sort of being squelched. Um, so I moved to Charlotte, and I actually worked at the Pewter Rose for mm-hmm. a short time, which is yeah. sad because that place is gone. Yeah. Um, and I did some catering, and um, and then I actually worked for the fire department because I knew I, I wanted I lived with my parents, you know, <laughs> and this is like over thirty years old. And I thought I can't do this, and so I wanted to move into my own place. So I took a job with the fire department. Is that just As like payroll making 800 vats of chili every day? It was payroll and benefits because my background was mm-hmm. in HR. And I was like, I can't do the cooking thing because I'm not making any money. Mm-hmm. And so I took a job in admin to, in order to get my apartment. And then um, about two years later, my dad asked me to, quote unquote, help out in his business that he had started here in Charlotte. And I did that for 11 years. But what it did teach me was that I can run the business aspect of yeah. of a restaurant, which is so important. So <laughs> you know, important. You can love to cook, but this is a business. That a whole like game. I am the I this the artisan's palette is me. I'm doing all of it. I am the sommelier, the chef, the bartender, the mixologist, the curator, the all the things. Now that's a little bit too much to take on. Um, and I do now have some staff, and I've I've hired a manager, and I'm feeling you know confident about all that stuff. But all of the all those different elements, you know, I had to do it all. And so, but the background of 11 years of running a small business in Charlotte, even though they're night and day, 100% gave me that capability. Yeah. And so you, you know, you said that the artisan's palette is you. Yeah. How would you describe the artisan's palette to someone who doesn't, maybe doesn't know you personally and, yeah. and doesn't know the restaurant? Well, and it's interesting too because we are a restaurant. Um, but I and, and you said that you moved out before we opened, but when we first opened, people thought we were a coffee shop and bakery because we did sort of open half open for a while, which is why it was so weird when you know COVID happened. We were just starting to be like we're a restaurant. Um, so we still have people to this day that come to us and say, "Oh, I thought you were just a bakery and a coffee shop." No. So um, I would say that we are a um, comfort food served tapas style. Because I, I like the idea of sharing. Um, I want it to be that notion of like, you know, you're comfortable in your space. You're eating food that's comfort 
but elevated. I definitely like to take the take it and twist it and make it a little more elevated. So we've got that comfort food, but it, presented in a way that's also playful. Um, so, you know, like our bacon wrap dates are served in a wooden pig ah. and we have our boards. Like I love the notion of like interactive food. And so it's, it's a gathering space where people can come together and enjoy food, art, music, drinks, and also that we are inclusive and that's extremely important to me and diverse. And, um, you know, everyone is accepted um, because why wouldn't they be? Um, so, and that's one of the things that we like to do is make sure that we are, you know, being that way. And I don't think anyone that works for me, every single person that works for me feels exactly the same way. And so we're also very, you know, particular on like who works there Mm -hmm. because you have to understand what we're trying to do. We're different. You know, we're not the, we're not, there's not anywhere like Artisan's Palette, I don't think right now in Charlotte and, um, and it's been a struggle a little bit to like get people to understand what we're doing. Um, you know, so it's not just about you go there and you get food, even though you can, but it's kind of about you left having had a whole experience. So whether it's our drag brunches or our, we do wine tastings once a month, I'm trying to up that a little bit. Um, we do um, art events where we showcase and focus on the artists because we have one artist a month where it is just them in our gallery. Um, we don't put art anywhere else up except for the prints of artists that have um, shown. And that artist we focus on. We even create a drink after them. Oh, wow. um, so we do, we try to make it as like focus on the artisan, the artist as we can. And that's part of the experience. That's awesome. That's awesome. So the food there, we've got to touch on real yes. quick because yeah. this is exactly how Abby and I like to eat, especially when we're going to experience a place together. We want to try everything yeah. or as many of the things That's as we me. possibly yeah. can. And that, that whole experiential thing where, you know, I think one of my favorite things that we had when we went, Abby, was the smoked salmon board. Mm. Yes. And you yeah. got to sort of choose your own adventure and mm-hmm. assemble from all the different options, you know, your perfect bite. And that, that just leads to even more conversation. Yep. And the, the space is beautiful. The food is presented wonderfully. Yeah. And I love the whimsy of the little, the pig with the, the bacon wrap dates. And yeah. like, that's layers of nuance there that, yes. that I really appreciate. And, well, and it's What better way to present a pig than in a pig? I mean, right, I'm pig just, in a pig. It's that's the what I, yeah, I've been doing that for years. And so my finding those little, little tiny wooden pigs, I was like, oh my God, this is, it has to be. How many pigs do you have? Um, well, hmm, sadly, of course, you know that they have been I'm stolen. Sure. Of oh, course they have. Sure. Of course they so, have. Um, currently, we probably have about 16. That's not one, enough pigs. No, stop stealing the pigs. It's, please stop stealing the pigs. Um, we stealing d- the pigs, we used guys. to have about 30. Yeah, so. these are community pigs. Wow, you yeah. have had almost 50% loss on Yeah, this. we do. Some of them do break. So what's interesting is the original one I got was a guy that makes them, and it was carved wood. Um, but he has gotten smart, and he now does like, he, he made a mold out of it. And so some of them are, they look like wood, but they're resin. Oh. And so, but they, they crack. So I would say of that percentage that is gone, maybe 10% of that was broken. Yeah. But a lot of them do get stolen. Yeah. So stop stealing the pigs. This stop is a community pig, y'all. Yeah. Be don't kind steal to the, the pigs. pigs. Be kind Please to be pigs, kind guys. to the pigs. Yes. Um, so <laughs> I created food that I, just like you guys, 
I absolutely love to share food with people. And t- sometimes they don't like it. I'm like, can I try that? You yeah, know, like I my, get anxiety yeah. if I have to pick one meal I know. for that. Like, what if I hate it? I want to try everything. On I the want menu. a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so that is, it is meant to be shared, but it's a different, it's not like your tapas style, like at a restaurant, like a, like a Spanish restaurant where there's like little bitty bites and you get like, you know, you get a bunch. Um, I mean, it is, but our portions are a little bit bigger than yeah. that. And so um, it, but it's, to me, it's like shareable small plates. Yeah. Although I don't like that expression and small plates for some reason. And that's why I like to say tapas style because the notion of tapas is meant to be shared. Whereas mm-hmm. small plates, I think people <laughs> think, oh, it's a small plate, you know? Right. And I, so, yeah, I think yeah. we had that experience where we were like, um, these are not small plates. Yeah. We have run out of room. Yeah. We have to now borrow room from like our friend we just made at the bar. Yeah. Um, you know, Cause we just can't, we just rolled in one night yeah. and it was popping and we were just like, well, we can just sit at the bar and just hang and, yeah. and we made a new friend and then we ordered way too much. Th- I say way too much. It was exactly as much as we needed. Right. Um, um, and then we had leftovers, which was amazing. Yeah. And I love yeah. leftovers, well, leftovers too. Leftovers are good. They yes. were so good. Yes. I brought home some of the firehouse meatballs from my yes. partner, and he loved them. And we loved them, too. Yeah. And so, I mean, yep. tell me a little bit about this, because I'm going to read the way it's described on your menu. Okay. Um, it says, Chef Krista's grandfather's Brooklyn Fire Station meatballs with Pomodoro sauce and melted mozzarella. Yes. So it is, um, so my grandfather, my mother's father, was a firefighter in New York City, in Brooklyn. And, um, you know, as you know, and you, when you said before, was I making vats of food for the fire? I actually did do that. <laughs> Even though I was an admin, I made spaghetti. I made all kinds of stuff. I went to all the different stations. I cooked multiple times at Station 10. But yes, so firefighters love to cook. And they bring a lot of different cultures. And a lot of times, especially in New York, it's Italian and Irish. My grandfather was Irish but he had multiple Italian guys in his house. And so they made these meatballs and that meatball sauce. And the, honestly, it's more the sauce than the meatballs. Yeah. Um, Cause the meatballs, I actually got the secret in, recipe from one of the girls I went to culinary school with who was from Italy. Um, so that, the why they're so moist that that's the secret. Mm. Um, but my grandfather's sauce, I altered it just a little bit because you know, you gotta French put your own little spin yeah, on I got it. my own little yeah. French spin because I was French trained. But um, but it's mostly his sauce, and I love the idea of the way the firehouse. Um, they eat together, like they'll cook this meal. But you know, and they've got all the well fires going on and all that yeah. stuff. But at the end of the day they eat together. It's like family meal. And in the kitchen, we do, you know, we don't have the opportunity to do family meal as much as I'd like because we are open all day. Um, But when I worked in French kitchens, like I loved that notion of family meal. And so meatballs and the firehouse, it kind of reminds me of that. And so that's what that means to me. And that's comfort food. Um, You know, I, and then of course the cheese. So we like Let's put talk it, about yes. cheese. <laughs> yes. Well, the cheese on top of those meatballs to me is super important. But yes, let's talk. You mean like Rachel's yeah, cheese? I, oh, yeah. Let's, let's lead into that. Yeah. Um, oh. You know, I was we were curious whether or not we, we've had Rachel Claybauer on here, yep. who we know, um, you know, was also in New York at culinary school yes. and happened to mention that you guys met there. Yes. And that's so awesome because you guys are now both in Charlotte. Yes. Um, and Rachel, as you may listeners know, that she has Orman's Cheese Shop mm-hmm. at the Public market at Seventh Street. Street. Yes. I want to say that's how they rephrased yes. the, the title. Oh, have they rephrased. I it? think they've switched it up. It okay. used to be Seventh Street Public Market. Now, now I think it's the market at Seventh Street. Something like that. Yeah. yeah there it is. We'll figure it out. Anyway, <laughs> go back to editing. We'll figure it out. Um, but <laughs> yeah, we were curious. You know, you, you you have a huge focus on community and stuff, mm-hmm. and and making this food. You know that that says. I'm Krista, mm-hmm. and, and where do you get you know a lot of your ingredients? Are they local? Yes. Well, 
So I try to. Um, as you can imagine, right now it's really difficult financially to do that sometimes because they do tend to be a little bit more expensive. So as much as we possibly can, I do. Um, and I do like to support like local farmers. So we, we use Freshlist. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Freshlist. Mm-hmm. Look it up. You should probably mm-hmm. have him on your show. Oh, love that. Um, because Matt, who is also a chef, is the, I guess he was the creator of it. And it's a um, chef-driven local um, uh delivery service for local farms and it's awesome because I don't have to worry about it I know that uh, you know someone that knows food is picking out my my groceries and that's the biggest thing is like when you order from some of these big vendors right they're just shoving stuff into a bag and they don't care and so when it comes to things like you know watermelon radishes or microgreens or lettuces or or you know root I don't know what but like you're just not getting that fresh of a beautiful product. So we do, I do get, I do that as much as I can. Um, and then Orman's cheese, um, Rachel and Jose and I went to culinary school together. They don't tell their story very often. I don't know if she did, but it was adorable because he had a big crush on her and she had a boyfriend, but they wound up obviously getting together and getting married. But he basically crushed on her for like the whole time we were in school. And it wasn't until the very end that they got together and it's super adorable. Um, I want to make a movie about them. I know. They're so cute. So, um, they act, so I was here, um, before them, but I, I wasn't in the culinary world. I was running my dad's business and Rachel reached out to me and says, so what do you think about Charlotte? And I was like, what? And so Ears they, perked up. Yeah, and- it did because they were in New York and then Miami and I think back in New York again. And um, so they, I guess her sister lives here and it was just something that they had contemplated and I'm really glad that they did. And so we do support them because why in a million years would I even try to understand cheese when I have a really great friend who knows more about cheese than I could ever possibly imagine. So just tell me what to do, Rachel. Just tell me what to do. Tell me what to So we have, you know, we call it Rachel and Jose's cheese plate. Um, it's cheesemonger's choice. Whatever Rachel tells me to do, that's on the plate. Love I that. totally agree with anything she says. We do too. She yeah. brought us a huge yeah. spread. <laughs> yeah. When Well, it's interesting too because um, we were all doing stages at like French restaurants. She was staging at Marie's Cheese Shop. She already knew. Now she that was you know like, what staging is. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a whole new level of education yes. on this. <laughs> so, yeah. So I do try to do that as much as possible. Um, you do know, you have a favorite cheese that she supplies for you? You know, I'm going to tell you, it's like depends on my mood and the wine I'm drinking. Um, because <laughs> okay. I love like a soft cheese with certain wines and like just spread it on bread. But then I also, I mean, there's nothing to me more than better than like an aged cheddar or gouda or something like that where you've got the yes. crystallines yeah. in it. I love those flavor crystals. The little crystals are yep. so good. And so, but I can tell you that I, I raclette night that they have on Thursdays. Yes, please. Yes, indeed. Melty, stinky cheese on top of all the things. We're huge fans. We go and it's incredible. And everything that they do is outstanding. But as much as we love Rachel and we love Ormans and Jose... Let's keep talking about uh, artisan yes, palette because we can. I again, I just love this because this yep. is part of you know how how we learned about you um, was that Rachel gave us a shout yep. out that you're one of her favorites. A quick save the date for you guys. Something really cool coming up in Charlotte is the Charlotte Wine and Food Week. That's April 26th through May 1st of this year. Visit charlottewineandfood.org to find out what's going on. Abby and I will be there at the Grand Tasting, but they've got all sorts of things going on, and it's all for an incredible cause. Check out their website again, charlottewineandfood.org. 
read about the charities, sign up for events when those tickets go on sale, and we'll see you there. If you think or know you had COVID-19, you can be around others after 10 days since symptoms first appeared and after 24 hours with no fever without fever-reducing medication and after other symptoms have improved. If you have tested positive for COVID-19 and you had no symptoms, you can be around others 10 days after you got tested for COVID-19. To learn more, visit cdc.gov coronavirus. Let's talk a little bit more about your menu. Um, we've talked about a couple of things that we love on your menu, but what are some of the things that you love on your menu? Octopus and pork belly. Um, I said before, and I, I really truly believe this. Like I, my menu has food that I love. It's food that I've eaten. So like we have shrimp and grits on our menu, and that's also one of my favorite dishes. Huge fan. I am from New York, and I did not know what a gr- I did not know grits. I thought it was that crap that comes out of a box that looks like gruel that I'd Oliver Twisty. I'd never eaten grits until I moved to North Carolina. Exactly. Yeah. And so, but I thought it was disgusting. I never, oh, no grits. Are you kidding me? And then I went to Charleston and it was like, ah, like the clouds, because I had shrimp and grits there and it was like these heirloom grits and there was just this whole different worldly experience. And I knew that I needed to copy that. Yeah. And I think I achieved it for the most part. Um, so for me, the, the my favorite foods are the shrimp and grits, the pork belly and the octopus, because those are all dishes where I've had it somewhere. And I'm like, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to emulate your favorites. Yeah. I've yeah. had the pork belly. I can say yeah. that. It is bomb. Thank you. I'm excited to try it. I'm also, I love octopus. Huge yes. fan. I eat it pretty much everywhere I go. Um, and I love, so the way it's described on the menu here is slow red wine braised octopus with quick, quick fried cauliflower, Colombian chorizo, house-made pickled red onion, and apricot agridulce. Yes. Holy crap. Yes. <laughs> that sounds so good. That's and it's emerging so of a lot of different cultures. Yeah. yeah. Which I like. Um, I have had octopus that was not good. Heard. Because it's not cooked properly. Um, and it's all about, so that red wine braised, it's, we cook it for an hour and a half in red wine and other arom- wow. beautiful aromatics. And then we grill it. And so that process is what makes it like fork tender. If it's I not fork no tender. Idea. I would have just assumed it would get rubbery from cooking Mm-mm. that long. Oh, it's Well, you either flash cook it like super fast and then it's it's tender or you cook it for a long period of time um and i you know i it and we we've struggled with it you know i have a kitchen that is um you know mostly latina and they're amazing and and they've learned a lot of french recipes um and cooking with me like sometimes they're like what are you doing you know because a lot of process in what we do again an hour and a half with in the beginning part of that dish, you know, um, our, our pork belly takes six hours. Plus it's, it's, a uh, marinated with a rub for 24 hours before that. So I guess you could call it like a three day pork belly. I mean, it takes a long time to cook and to process. Um, cause then at the end we sear it. So it's, everything is sort of, it's like slow cooking, like home yeah. cooking where it's like, ro- and like people say That's that whenever they food. come in. Yeah. Exactly. Like you're, it's like comfort food. And when you walk into our place, you can smell all that, all the smells, you know? Yeah. You know, we were talking a little bit before we got into the studio about how sometimes people may interpret your food or just coming into the space and and trying how, like the food and saying, this could be construed as like bougie. Yeah. And, you know, and I I hear, I heard you laughing about that because, you know, I, I can kind of see how someone might be intimidated by 
the quality of the food. And then again, when you describe something with all of these beautiful components and stuff, sure, it can sound kind of like out of reach maybe. Yeah. But when you eat that food, it tastes like home. Yeah. And it tastes like there's the the love and the comfort and all of those things. Like you're putting so much care into into how you craft all of this stuff. And it it shows. Yeah. Thank you. Because that's what we want. We want it to be where it's it's... Again, I, I think this is the best way to describe it, like elevated comfort food, you know, because the bougie aspect of it could be that notion. It was a drag queen that said bougie <laughs> to me, though. Um, so I will take it. <laughs> but um, and, you know, it's um, I, I do feel like that's part of what we're trying to do is make it like relate, you know, like you can sit down and order the pork belly that maybe you haven't had before. And I always try to challenge people to try things that they haven't had before. I'm like, if you don't like it, I'll take it off the bill. And I've done it where I've had to take it off. Not you know you you. But most of the time they're like, oh my god, that's so much different than I thought. So yeah, it's accessible. I mean, you're making food that if you like it. I mean, again, you're yeah. not coming at this from only the French cuisine that you Mm-mm. had trained with. You know, this is this is the world that you've lived in and the food that you want to yep. eat that's comforting. I mean, yeah, I'm here for it. Yep. Well, we I have a scallop on. Really oh, sorry, sweet. Go ahead. Sorry, I think I'm a little bit delayed on you guys, but I think there's something really sweet about you discovering things and then wanting to emulate them and bringing all of the training and the experience that you've had to put put, to put it into into play in a way that does it justice, but also adds your own element to it. And I think that that protects it from being bougie. Right. It's it's the the highest form of flattery. Right. Yes. Is emulation. Well, and that's what I mean. I love to eat. I'm just. Yeah. God's on it. I mean, it's it's a comfort for me, and it and it's and it makes me feel good, and I love the play of flavors and all the things. And so, yes, when I've traveled, I've tried these things where I'm like, I want, I want to cook that. I want to, I want that same flavor. I want that feeling. Yes. You know that feeling. So I have a scallop dish on my menu, um, and it is, it is a, a Basque country. I I had it in San Sebastian, Spain, and it's, it's. We're very, going there. Yeah. Jen and I plan so, to go there soon. Let me tell you, a food, I mean, the food there is just blows your mind. Um, but it's a it's scallops in a tomato and red pepper sauce with cheese melted on top. And people are like, cheese, cheese and seafood? And what? Cheese seafood? and what? scallops, yeah. But you will taste this. And, and I've tried, uh, people are always looking at me like questionably. I'm like, just try it. I promise you. Yeah. And they're always like blown away because, well, one, it's manchego cheese. So it's a little bit Ooh, different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and that was, but I was the same way when I had it the first time. I'm like, really? Like you're gonna melt cheese on top of scallops? Okay. You're gonna ruin a yeah, scallop you're by no nope. scallops. Like nobody puts cheese on seafood. And then I here tasted it, and I'm like, okay, here we are. This is something new and different that I've tried, and I'm obsessed. Rules are made to be broken, right? Yeah. Thank you. That is what I live by. <laughs> <laughs> That's another food mantra for us to add to our little our, our little um, album, our yes. memory book. Food rules hey, are so made you, to be broken. So you hinted at something earlier uh, with with the the drag queen that told you something yes. was bougie. But tell me, I keep seeing, so if anybody follows you on Instagram, you'll see teasers about some of the, the brunch events that you yes. all have. Uh, but talk to me about how that got started and really what the, what the whole purpose is behind it. It's, I'm going to make a long story short, but essentially um, I was doing drag with a drag bingo with um, a lovely um, gentleman called Casey that does all of, he actually puts together the actual Queens and he's the DJ. Um, And then the pandemic happened and we stopped doing this drag. It was on Thursday nights and it was, you know, basically like bingo, but like you couldn't do, it wasn't money or anything involved. And um, my favorite kind of bingo. I know. 
<laughs> it was it was fun, and and drag queens were putting it together. It was really fun, but um, so then um, to be honest, it started because of Chasers, which is our neighbor. Um, they had been shuttered because of being a bar, and we're not able to be open. And so I originally thought, well, let me do a drag brunch to benefit them and to give them a little, you know, to give Tiffany, who's the owner, a little bit of money. And so we did our first drag show um, that uh, they, uh, you know, it was some of the queens that would work at Chasers. And we asked Kevin to kind of step. I was like, well, Kevin can do this. He can DJ and all that stuff. And it went from that, which was in October of 2020, um, to doing it for, well, over a year now. And what we started doing was we would charge on Eventbrite um, uh, $20 a ticket. And then um, we people would pay. So we were making money by people buying drinks and food, at least enough money. And all of the proceeds from those ticket sales were going to, um, to the charity. And the only reason I'm still doing it is because of what we're doing for the community. We raised $25,000 last year for, wow. for different oh local charities. Um, and we That's plan awesome. on doubling it this year. Outstanding. Um, so we do one a month and I don't want to do more because it wouldn't be as special. I feel like we wouldn't sell out. We sell out usually within a week or two of posting it. Um, and we do two shows, and it's always on a Saturday, usually the second or th- around the last Saturday of the month. Um, and we and it's a, it's it's for charity. And yeah. so um, the the money that people are spending on the on the tickets is for the show. But really, the queens are all about like making sure that, and they're now getting into it. And we're so the show tickets. They're also raising additional money, which is taking away probably from their tips that they you know the dollars that you give them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are doing a show of each. They're basically raising an additional five to six hundred. That's incredible per show. On top of the ticket sales from cash from from customers. So it's just really been, it's just like this energy that I'm so excited about because everyone, the customers are, you know, my staff, like my staff works doubles on those days and they want to. Yeah. I mean, how cool, you know. It's amazing. It's really cool. So so that is something that, you know, the bougie part was the very... Um, was actually back in the drag brunch day, or the Bing, uh, Drago days where one of our, and actually she's an MC all the time, is Aunt Carol or Valerie Rockwell, different names. Um, Joseph, when when he's not a queen. And um, and also Joseph worked for us for a little bit oh, and awesome. one time actually served in drag. It was awesome. Um, and of course, <laughs> oh you know that the customers loved that. Absolutely. Um, but uh, he's the one that said, you know, you know, like made a whole shtick about us being bougie. I'm like, okay, we'll take it. Think what you want. <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah. So it's a little I don't bit think different. That's than, a bad thing. I don't think so no. either. Um, a lot of the drag brunches, there are a lot now and all over town, and that's a wonderful thing because all these drag queens are getting, you know, more and more gigs, which is great. Um, but most of them are like in breweries or like, you know, like different kind of places like that. So this is a little bit different. Um, and we have been doing it now for we did it all through the pandemic. Yeah. That's awesome. And that part was where people felt safe coming to our place because we really do try to abide by all of that safety protocols and spacing and all that stuff. So so people that wouldn't normally go out were coming to our place because they felt safe. Yeah. Well, you guys have such a beautiful open space too, not just, you know, the main area there where the bar is, but on a nice day, you have yes. those huge doors that can open up. And, and I think a couple of times I've been and you guys have had live music yes. playing out on the patio and Every time I'm there, I feel like you've expanded outward into like the back area or the the patio that's right next door. So yes. you've really taken what could have been 
sort of a, a minimalist space and just made it something really unique and open and inviting. And to your point, feels much, much larger yes. and more safe, I think, than some folks would want to go into into like a really tightly cramped restaurant these days. So, I, I yeah. think that it saved us during the pandemic. Um, we would not have survived if we hadn't. I basically, that whole side patio thing we created during like those few months that we were shuttered or closed down, um, we we I built that and we put in the tables and made made a decision like we got to go full on and do outside and it it saved it saved my business no question because we would not have um, we didn't we weren't able to really benefit from a lot of the relief because of the weird timing of us opening mm -hmm. and so um, you know it, it was it's been a struggle this whole time I mean a small independent woman owned uh, restaurant that. Um, you know, we we're just like the little restaurant that could, um, you know, we keep, it, it's been a struggle, but, um, I think that that outside and also adapting, um, you know, one of the things that my dad's business taught me was how to learn how to shift focus and adapt and change with your new reality. Um, and that's something that I've done. It's, <laughs> I'm just, I'm looking at Jen because I'm like, that's improv. improv. That's what it's we improv. do. It, improv changed my life in that kind of yeah. a way where I started thinking, I used to be scared of ambiguity. It was very black and white, mm -hmm. you know, in, in my business processes, like at work, I was always that yeah. way. And then improv kind of taught me like, something's changed. Good. Yeah. Like now we have a new world to play in mm -hmm. and, and, you know, and it, it can breed invention. It can breed curiosity, yep. and, and especially in in the midst of a crisis. I mean, and and what else was this pandemic where the whole world didn't know what to do next, but a crisis? No, it's it's true. It's 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 funny because you don't realize what you're capable of until you're put into that situation. And I mean, I now know that I am strong, you know, and capable of, of, you know, dealing with these type of things where I wasn't sure I could before, you know, you and thought you could, and now you know, you can, and now I know I can, you know, and it's, it's, it's well, and the restaurant business is oh, no Jesus, yeah. small. I mean, that's hard enough on its own, but yeah, you can handle any damn thing now. Krista, well, so. People talk about, you know, art, uh, can't wait till we get back to normal. And I'm like, what is normal? What is normal? Is there really a normal anymore? The new normal? I mean, that's the way I look at it. Cause if you look, if, when you say it out loud, when I say it out loud, I'm like, I can't believe this. We have been now open three times longer during a pandemic than we were before. Wow. So I don't know what normal is. Right. <laughs> You've only ever been in this, this fast paced, this is, yeah. unexpected, world. unexpected, constant, you know, things being thrown at you on a constant basis. And, um, and you just, you take each one as it comes. And that's the way the restaurant business is anyways. I mean, you can be in a, any given day, be like, okay, I'm just going to get all this done. And then the freezer breaks or, you know, two people call out sick or your, you know, or the, the garage door breaks, or, I mean, it's, it's all these little things, all the little pieces that come together and one little piece, you can't let it break you. So you have to like address it and, and, and make sure that the whole is still working. And that's one of the things that we have become really good at in the restaurant industry, but certainly more so during this pandemic, which. Yeah. So like, you're, you're survivors, clearly survivors, you've, you've made yes. that clear, but, but knowing that you guys are, and, um, you know, we all hope that at some point we sort of see the tail end of the pandemic and, yes. and we move forward in some way into whatever regular life will look like. But what's next for Artisan's Palette, knowing that you've got all of this capability? You know, where do you see, you know, in the next few years, what's what's the growth pattern like for you guys? 
Well, <laughs> I have been thinking about second concept, Ooh. Um, Ooh. which would be more something that I would kind of personally do, which is kind of more my more fancy culinary background. Yeah. Um, not really a tasting menu, but like something similar to that. And, um, and like, that's kind of something more intimate yeah. is what I'm looking to do. Um, and then also like, we just want the artisan's palette with that. I I'm looking to step away a little bit and allow my amazing new staff and like managers to kind of maybe follow their voice a little bit and let it be, um, you know, morph into more than just me because it needs to, um, well, obviously the name, right? Like the yeah. artisan's palette yeah. and you're really that creativity. You don't want to yeah. lose that. No. So I, I feel like I do have that. I do think that that is capable of happening now because enough people that are involved care and you just never know. You have to make sure that you have the right. My dad always used to say this, like, you know, make sure the right people are on the bus. I never really fully understood what that means, but I always think of it like, you know, if you don't have the right people on the bus, like you're not going to go anywhere. Ask him if he's referring to the energy bus. Cause I remember reading that book and there's this whole thing about energy vampires. And every time I'm at work, I go, Maybe. that person's an energy vampire. <laughs> That's the only thing I took away from that book it, is energy it's vampires. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> Although vampires and my dad in the maybe, but probably maybe, not. All probably right, not. Um, but but that sounds like similar. Um, yeah. So I just want to be able to slightly step away and and still guide it, but like not have to be there twenty four seven. Absolutely. <laughs> you gotta you gotta live outside yeah. the restaurant yes. too. Well, and you've you've set them up for success, mm-hmm. right? So you've put all of those mechanisms in place, and now you're at a, a point where you can step back and and let the mechanism keep functioning. Yes. And and that's to your credit of taking care of everybody who has has come through the door. And and I think you know what you said earlier about how you know, the folks that you bring on are of the same mindset. So they have the yep. same care and the same community values that you want to thrive there. So I think that I'm sure just adds a much needed element of trust for you to be able to focus on some other things as well. Yes. And I think that that's like, well, the right people on the bus, whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> um, because I think that that, you know, and also it's a younger generation that we're sort of shaping into uh, a new they have a different mindset about the future than, than I do. And I like that, you know, because, um, I like to see what I see in, in, in like young, um, professionals and young people in my industry where women are supporting each other. I come from a generation where that didn't really happen. And so it's really exciting to see that and then be a part of them supporting each other and, and, um, and a different sort of mindset in the way that we approach things, you know, um, I, I like the fact that I'm learning every day and, you know, I don't understand TikTok and, but I'm going to do it because I've been told that that's the thing to do, you know, and take and, a note, Jen. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to do, do it. I don't want to do it either, but I might just try. We got to get cool, know. Jen. Yeah. We got to get cooler. Well, apparently like TikTok's the new Instagram. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I yeah. just learned Instagram. I know me too. Yeah, Actually, I didn't I'm learn good with that Instagram. much. But, but TikTok is more, apparently more casual and fun, I guess, but I just like it like, conceptually. Yes. I'm intimidated by learning it. So that is exactly uh, how I feel. Yeah. Because I actually watch TikTok. Yeah. It's There's sort some of good stuff on there. Like weird stuff that I watch that like, I shouldn't admit to, but like I watch like babies and like young kids like cursing. That's amazing. Because it's funny <laughs> as heck. I've gotten into a long kick. My friend and I have just been trading TikToks back and forth the entire pandemic of like people 
working from home. Like, yeah. I'm using like air quotes here because it's like somebody like laying on the couch, but yes. for, like, sorry, I'm having technical issues. Can't show my video, yes. but really yes. just laying there. Yeah. Or they're like, they get up and they've got boxers yeah. or like, I love that. That's actually, yes. So that's also, some <laughs> there's some stuff. good stuff. out So there. that is, that is what I use TikTok for currently. Um, but apparently you actually have to, you know, well, I can see some great it. opportunities with the drag brunches. Like that's great content. Yeah. You know, kind of bring people around. Yes. Well, and I bet one I, of them knows how to use it. One oh. at least. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Okay, so I have been having the hardest time getting pictures from the drag queens. Like, the, and even on their feed, you're like, "You do this for a living. Your pictures are terrible. Like, send me some good pictures so I can, you know, market this." I'm like, "Come on!" But because th- they're so involved in like making themselves, like, I mean, some of them have some great pictures and stuff. But I'm like, "Come on, give me some yep. content." So I have to. Dear work listeners, on that. if there are any photographers out there that yes. want to be part of the charity, yeah, come Ooh, and show up a to good a drag point. brunch, yeah, and get some pictures. Like get so some really good pictures. It's one Saturday a month. One Saturday a month. We have one this Saturday, in fact. Um, and that won't matter because this will be like two months from now. Yeah, hold <laughs> out. Oh well, then, right. but okay. Well, we have one probably that could be this Saturday in that time frame. Um, so it's once a month on a Saturday, and um, every month it's a new charity. This month, because of Black History Month, we are um, focusing on a uh, um, black charity. It's called Crown Keepers. I'm really excited about it because uh, because we're also about supporting artists. Yeah. They actually support um, underserved neighbor neighborhoods and communities, um, and so it's it's you know it's just a really cool um, way of like getting art out there and like art learning and therapy um as well so it's a really cool organization that is doing that um and march we're doing um red red wait red breast friends um wait carolina breast friends i always say red breast because of the The whiskey oh because of the whiskey it's carolina breast friends and they are you know obviously it's for cancer here here's a question we ask everyone yes all right we always want to know how you can pay it forward to the rest of the community, right? We we want to bring in local restaurateurs and folks in the business to talk about and feature their food. But where do you like to go? What do you like to eat around the town or or drink? Like, what are some of the bars you frequent, or um, you know, some of your favorite restaurants that you like to go to that are that are local to Charlotte? Oh my goodness, that's a good question. I don't go out that often anymore. Um, All your comfort foods on your menu. Yes, why would you? Um, <laughs> I know it's like, but I mean, just because I don't have the time. But I I do. I mean, I love Orman's cheese, obviously, yep. but they shout out to them again. Um, I would say, like, when I do go out, it's usually to, like, a bar, and um, it's usually just right before I go home. I love Hattie's, which is right down the street. Yeah. Um, it's just a total dive bar, but, like, really just a, a cool place to kick back. Um, wow. And when it comes to food, um, I love sushi. Um, it's probably my best comfort food. Um and, um, but I am looking for a new sushi place to kind of, um, because I'm doing low carb and I need to do sashimi. Oh, um, but that's another whole thing. Uh, that's so about- we'll put an all call out on the yeah. Instagram for recommendations yeah. of your favorite sushi joints. Well, I do like Yume, which will- is in, um, and it's right down the street from mm-hmm. my house. Um, and then also Oku. Mm-hmm. Um, but both of those are pretty yeah. pricey. Heard. So is there a reasonable sushi place in Charlotte? So I, so I have, I've toyed with the low carb thing, uh, off and on for many years. And one of my favorite places to go is Soul Poke Bowl on South Boulevard. Oh, really? Cause it's like really fresh salmon and tuna and you can get all, I usually get like a salad base mm-hmm. and some Ooh, fixins on okay. top and like a spicy aioli kind of thing. Yeah. Um, that's my jam. 
And Which it's is, like hefty portions, uh, and I never leave hungry. I'm a okay. Poke Bowl fanatic. I love them. And oh, yeah. yeah, I go, I usually get – half the time I work from Optimist Hall, yeah. and so Zuku is right there, which, again, is not local necessarily, but right. it's right there. So that's where I go right. for Poke Bowl real fast. Well, and that's a good point is is local. I it's it's There's a lot of chains going up in Charlotte, yeah. a lot, a and lot And a more. lot of which are not advertised as chains. No, they're not advertised as chains, and that's, that's uh, disappointing because um, there are – Far and few between, and and there are some that I, you know, I do love the, um, you know, Haberdish, and I mean, because those are local owners, and it's a husband-wife team, Leah and Louise, mm-hmm. right? Like, so those are ones I like to support. Um, I just don't get out that often. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they. I think that those restaurants, um, I don't, I think Mariposa which is, I want to try that because mm-hmm. I loved Halcyon. I was just going to say that's I in the really Halcyon did. space at Mint yep. Museum. Yeah, and I, and I just like places where you can do like the, where you can try a bunch of different yeah. things. Um, my birthday was this past weekend and Happy I'm actually, birthday. thank you. Um, but I'm going out this coming Saturday after our drag brunch to, um, to celebrate. And I'm actually going to a steakhouse because of the low carb thing. So I'm never going to be apologetic for steak. No, never. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. I now have steak at home for yep. tonight's dinner. So. If someone asked, like, what would be the, if you had one cuisine to pick, like what, you know, like, let's say Japanese, that would be it. It would be Japanese. Yeah. Because you can get steak, you can get sushi, you can do, like, you know, rice. And so I'm like, if I had one choice for the rest of my life, like, you know, not that that would ever happen, but, you know. Right. I know. It would I be have Japanese. This, I have these questions all the time where I'm like, okay, well. I grew up in, in Texas, where so like yep. Mexican food is like my jam. Oh, you know, yes, I could I eat do. for every meal and often do yes. um, for weeks on end. But you know, you're making a real good point because I don't know. There are times where I'm just craving like you know raw fish, and sure, I could get a ceviche or something like that. But still, it's just not quite the same. Um, so I, yeah, Japanese has got it hits all the and it I love a katsudon. That's my jam. I love so. katsudon. Yeah, so I make a pretty good one. Oh really? So, okay, she does. Can vouch. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I fried yours in duck fat, Jen, so I can see why you'd think that. Um, really? Wow. Yes, please. We'll wow. talk. We can put it on yes, the menu called the Abbey Special. <laughs> I mean, duck fat, pretty much anything. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love duck fat. We all love duck fat. Yes. This is Team Duck really Fat do. right here. Team well, Duck our, Fat. I know. Hashtag. Yeah. I'm trying to. I actually want to put a new item on the menu where because we make a duck confit and it's delicious and we cook it for a long time and um, but we do it inside of our empanadas oh. and I want to do like a where it's like just the leg as well because yeah. there's nothing better than like a you know confit with a crispy skin. Oh, One of my favorites is at DJ Thai or DJ. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. They do a amazing duck penang curry. Oh, and that cool. has like the leg and pieces, and it's just amazing. Ooh. Worth checking out if you haven't. Okay, been. yeah. I mean, and that's not far from you guys. No. So oh, that's right. Right on. Like it's like right by Crown Station, right? Yep. Yep. Well, there's one. That's the Noodle Bar. But there's also the the primary one is off Providence. Oh yeah, okay. Um, by I've Manor to, Theater. I've actually been to that yeah. one, but I never thought. Do they have different to... menus? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, pretty sure it. they do. They also have sushi there. That's not bad. Well, and their crab rangoon is very good. I've never so, thought. Well, up. I have been there, and I have had sushi there because my girlfriend is a, she just loves it there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never thought to look further on the menu, and I. Yeah, go check that out. Let me know what you think. Mm-hmm. You got my number now, so. No, seriously. <laughs> I mean, that sounds awesome because awesome. awesome. I love curry. Well, Krista, thank you so much for joining us tonight. It was an absolute pleasure getting to know more about you and the mission of Artisan's Palette. I personally can't wait to check out one of the drag brunches coming up uh, and support those awesome causes that you mentioned. But uh, thank you so much again for joining us. And uh, for this here batch, my name is Jen. My name's Abby. And And this this has been Amuse Bush.
queencitypodcastnetwork.com.